the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back to Hour 2 of 4. It is George Brockler on The George Show, 710-KNUS. Yesterday, we spent a lot of time talking to you about a breaking story. You really don't see a lot of this, by the way, on the conservative uh, media stuff. I'm not sure why that is. But we have the opportunity here to uh, talk to you about a whole bunch of things that other stations won't, and I appreciate that. And I'm talking about even like the big guys, the Fox guys. There's a dude named uh, Jeff DeWitt. He is the, I'm sorry, was the chairman of the GOP. He was the David Williams of Arizona. And if you'll remember yesterday, we played sound from a recorded phone, uh, not phone call, a recorded meeting that he had had with Kari Lake, who was the runner-up for governor of Arizona in the last election, claims that the election was stolen. No court has ever found that. And I think she's done there. But she's running for the U.S. Senate. And in the polling, she's running neck and neck with the the Democrat challenger for that seat. Now, that seat is currently held by Kristen Cinema. She has, I don't know, unaffiliated. She is now an independent, if, if that's what they call him down in Arizona. And uh, she is, I don't know that she stands a chance of winning. I haven't looked at any polling. But Kari Lake does because she's running neck and neck with this guy. Well, there was a recording that was made, as you remember from yesterday's show, in March of 2023. That's like 10 months ago, where it sounded like Jeff DeWitt was trying to buy her off from running. Now, you got to listen to this thing. Listen to, and, and do you have some of that sound from yesterday, G? Yes. Indeed. Is there a number at which I can be bought? That's <laughs> what it's about. You can take them parts for a couple of years. No. They go right back. No. 10 million, 20 million, third, no, no, no. A billion, no. This is not about money. This is about our country. I think it's disturbing that they would even, that anybody would think this is. I, I, not, to be fair, even me, even me, I'll say this. I want a fresh face right now. For the reason that I've never seen anyone, I can't think of a single person in a federal race who lost writing it a lot. I can't think of it. You can think of it. I'm not going to let these people who hate our country tell me not to run. You should call them and tell them to get behind me. So what's going on? What is, uh, I'm assuming this is our friend. Oh, uh, this is, this is, this is back east. They, there are very powerful people that want to keep you out. I don't know when they do. But they're willing to put their money where their mouth is in a big way. So, conversation never aired. Interesting. That, uh, that was Jeff DeWitt, former GOP chair. He then issues a statement yesterday. You could tell this was coming. Um, when this thing broke, and people have called in to say, well, 
Kari Lake didn't release it, so there's no blowback on her for this. Someone else released it. And it's like, but she recorded the conversation. Now, there's something about DeWitt's statement here that leads up to his resignation that it's illuminating. Some of it is uh, an attempt to shift blame probably where it doesn't belong. But he does give a different perspective and one that we lacked yesterday. So there are portions of this letter I want to read to you so that you can appreciate what happened. I think when I heard the recording, maybe like you, I thought this was a state GOP chair that came to visit a prospective candidate or they were sitting down in an office somewhere having this conversation. Well, according to DeWitt's statement that he released, easily locatable, by the way, on Twitter and other social media, it was in her living room that she recorded this thing. And so I want to read to you this paragraph that he describes what has happened. Now, some of the things that he talks about leading up to this. Um, were about the part, and you know this tune because we've heard it here in Colorado. When I took over the realm of the party, it was in financial disarray. There was no transparency, organizationally weak, all that other stuff. Where have we heard that before? But then he gets to this paragraph, and I want to read this to you. Contrary to the notion of me being an enemy of Lake's, this conversation was recorded while I was actually employing Lake in my private company. In fact, For over a year and a half, we had many conversations where I was looking out for her financial interests. The ethical breach in her recording of our conversation, while Lake was my employee, raises serious legal and moral concerns. This act of recording was not just a betrayal of trust, but also a violation of the fiduciary responsibilities of an employee. Contrary to accusations of bribery, My discussions were transparent and intended to offer perspective, not coercion. Our relationship was based on friendship, and the conversation that is now being scrutinized was an open, unguarded exchange between friends in the living room of her house. I genuinely genuinely believed I was offering a helpful perspective to someone I considered a friend. Wow. Wow. Does that change anything for you? Does that change anything you think about this particular recording? It does a little bit for me. It does a little bit for me. Because when I thought this was state party GOP chair meeting with a prospective candidate, who who he'd obviously known for a while, she'd run for governor as well, I thought, okay, this looks like a ham-handed approach to try to bribe her out of running which I think carries its own legal consequences. But if it's longtime friends who he has employed in her business, in his business, and they're sitting in her living room having a conversation, now I think it's bribish still, no doubt about it. It's bribish, saying, hey, there's powers that are out there and blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like he's carrying water for someone. And it would be great to know who he's carrying water for. But it does feel different, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel less? I mean, again, taking nothing away from the fact that this is a guy who's trying to encourage her to not run on behalf of others who have made it clear they would find a job for her that would pay her a lucrative amount of money. That's really the backdrop of this. Taking away nothing from that. Do you feel at all like maybe a little bit of this was and I'm using this term very gingerly here only because of what we just said, a little bit of a betrayal. 
in that this guy thinks he's having a conversation with a friend, with someone that he likes well enough that he has hired her during a period of time that she had no job. Remember, she'd lost. What do you think about that? Does it change your view of this at all? Now, it's a two-pager, and there's more to this. Here's a little bit I'll share with you. Since our conversation where I advised Lake to postpone her campaign and aim for the governor's position in two years, that's what he's talking about here, she has been on a mission to destroy me. It was a suggestion made in good faith, believing it could benefit both her future prospects and the party's overall strategy. The release of our conversation by Lake confirms a disturbing tendency to exploit private interactions for personal gain and increases concerns about her habit of secretly recording personal and private conversations. Whoa, a habit. Now, I talked about this yesterday in in terms of the recording, and some people are like, you're blaming the victim. Well, one, she's not a victim. You I don't know how you get to, you know who the victim of bribery is. It tends to be somebody else. When someone's offering you money to do something, you're not really a victim. Extortion is different, but this is bribery. So I don't see her as a victim, but man, it feels far more calculated, doesn't it? It feels far more deceptive, and it makes you wonder, had she recorded all of their conversations? And who else's conversations is she recording? I mean, let me just... Let me just play this out. If you're a member of the Republican caucus in the U.S. Senate and Kari Lake gets sworn in, do you trust her? Really, do you trust her? Given her penchant for the the media savvy, but also the media look at me, look at me stuff, her willingness to use a guy who employed her, a guy who paid her money out of his company to keep her afloat her friend in her living room, if she's willing to do that, aside from all the MAGA stuff, would you trust her? If you're a U.S. senator in the Republican caucus, would you hold a private meeting with her? Would you invite her into meetings with others to discuss strategy, tactics, or to just crap talk the other side? Would you do that now? I mean, this sounds like more than a one-off. And that makes sense, too, because how could she know what this dude was going to say? So I'd be interested to hear from Kari Lake. Honestly, it doesn't take away from the fact that this looks like a straight-up offer on behalf of other people to buy her out of the race, which is reprehensible, absolutely reprehensible, and we should get to the bottom of it. We should know who it was, who these powers that be are. We should get to know that. But doesn't part of you wonder now, could I ever trust Kari Lake? Or do you think she just knows who to record and when? Because otherwise it sounds like this allegation from this guy is that he has a hab- she has a habit of secretly recording these conversations. Now, there's a, that's a whole page out of a two-page thing where he owns no responsibility for what he's done. That, too, is a problem. When he says he's looking out for financial interests, come on, folks. Yes, you're looking out for her financial interests, But my guess is you're doing it for politically and personally motivated reasons as well. He wants her to step down for two years, to take a pause and run for governor. Gee, you found some other sound, by the way, that's kind of a news clip of this thing. I meant to play that earlier. Do you have that? 
The tape speaks for itself. Jeff DeWitt, the chairman, though, says that it was deceptively edited. In just a few moments ago, he did, in fact, resign from his position. He said, in part, quote, in a lengthy statement announcing his resignation, that Kerry Lake's team threatened to release a new, more damaging recording if he didn't resign, suggesting that her campaign all but blackmailed him into this resignation here this afternoon. DeWitt also asserted that the secret recording, quote, confirms a disturbing tendency to exploit private interactions for personal gain, <clears throat> going on to even suggest and uh, openly suggest that has Carrie Lake uh, recorded her conversations with former President Donald Trump. Hmm. This is all coming to a head before the Arizona GOP's major annual meeting here this Saturday. Donald Trump is flying to Arizona Friday night to speak at what they're calling the AZ GOP Fest. All of this indicates that this is anything but uh, an AZ GOP Fest that we should be anticipating here this weekend. But now just literally in the last two minutes, Carrie Lake's team, a senior advisor to her team, has now just responded and denied that they all but blackmailed Jeff DeWitt into resigning. So this is all playing out literally minute by minute at this point. But in Arizona, a key critical state, not only in the presidential race, but also in the Senate race, uh, they uh, have a, an infrastructure that is deeply in question right now. And this comes just one week after the Michigan GOP voted to oust their chairwoman. And so for the Republican yeah. Party right now in two key <laughs> battleground states, you could say that their state parties are in disarray at really critical times. Yeah, that's uh, that's very interesting. It highlights something else, though, that I wanted to read to you from this letter from Jeff DeWitt, former GOP chair. It's a it's a two pager, two full pages, not like, you know, one of those pages where there's just a paragraph at the other. Uh, Here's some stuff where it says, I said things I regret, but I realized when hearing Lake's recording that I was set up. I believe she orchestrated this entire situation to have control over the state party. And it is obvious from the recording that she crafted her performance responses with the knowledge that she was recording it, intending to use this recording later to portray herself as a hero in her own story. Isn't that fascinating? I mean, he the throwaway line is, I said things I regret. Nope, that's not good enough. (laughs) That's not good enough. I need to read. I should have never, ever gone down the road of trying to carry water for someone else that wanted to buy you out of the race. That was a huge misjudgment. That's a kind of sentence you want, but I said things I regret, comma, and then the rest of it is I'm a victim. But this part is interesting. When you listen to Kari Lake's answers, don't they seem too perfect? And by too perfect, I mean like intended for a broader audience. Like where is the <laughs> profanity? You know, and, and what I mean by that, and it doesn't have to be profane, but where is that outrage? Where is her sense of what are you talking about, man? These people have been trying to keep me out of the, I mean, where's the indig- indignation? There's none of that. It's just, well, you know, they really ought to back me. And no, they can't buy me out. Not for a billion dollars. They can't buy. I mean, it is almost delivered with a certain, I don't know what it is. And I guess I should have used the French je ne sais quoi, but... Um, It's delivered in a way that's very performative. Now, that could all be natural. She is a media person, and she's very, very good out there on the stump. But this guy's like, you know, I should have picked up on this during the conversation. It was like she was reading for a part, you know, like this was going to end up being publicized. So then he goes on. This, uh, 
this uh, this guy goes on and says, this morning, I was determined to fight for my position. However, and this is telling. However, a few hours ago, I received an ultimatum from Lake's team. Resign today or face the release of a new, more damaging recording. I'm truly unsure of its contents, but considering our numerous past open conversations as friends, I've decided not to take the risk. I'm resigning as Lake requested in the hope that she will honor her commitment to cease her attacks, allowing me to return to the business sector, a field I find much more logical and prefer over politics. Dang! So this dude didn't step down out of a sense of, I guess maybe I shouldn't have made the offer to buy her out of the race. That's not why he stepped down, folks. Because I guess he was going to defend on I wasn't really doing that. Although it sure sounds like that in the recording. Instead, he's stepping down because she's got stuff on him. And he doesn't know what it is. But my guess is the dude's memory tells him, man, we had some pretty frank conversations about uh, Brnovich, uh, who was the former attorney general who had run and, and lost for a statewide race, should, should have won, great dude, um, or someone else, or maybe even comments that he made about uh, Trump or other people or other personal things. But the revelation here is that Kari Lake's team said, she's been recording you all along. She's been recording all of your conversations. Now, could it be a bluff? Could be. But you can't know. And so Jeff is stuck, man. He is stuck. Oh, my God, what did I say and when? So I want you to picture that for your own life. If you knew that someone that you used to hang out with at work or one of your buddies was recording all of the conversations that you guys had, not about work necessarily, but at lunch or over drinks or in the backyard, if you knew that they were recording all those things, wouldn't you have conducted yourself differently? Wouldn't you have said things in a different way or not at all? And so now Kari Lake has created this situation where, and I think the, the, bigger, the bigger question is, moving forward, if you're Kari Lake, and I still don't have a very good answer, folks. None of the things you offered me made much sense to me where it's like, why would she delay 10 months to deliver this? I don't know. Was she recording him for another 10 months so she had the ammo to basically extort him out of this position? Because, by the way, that's a kind of act of extortion, too, isn't it? To get somebody to do something under the threat of doing something bad to them. Now, she's not the victim of that, but he is. But I don't want to see him as a victim here because he's the one that created this situation. But that thing, how does she go and conduct herself in the U.S. Senate after something like this, how could she work with someone? I mean, that's craziness, isn't it? If you're a U.S. senator from another state, why in the world would you ever have a face-to-face conversation with Kari Lake that was candid, that was blunt, or even anything other than, hello, the weather is great today. I think the weathermen are crooks or something. Well. Why would you do anything other than that, knowing that she's out there kind of body camming this whole thing, but just the audio and just in secret? Fascinating, fascinating. 
1971 is uh, the number. There's a whole bunch of texts that are coming in here, and I sure do want to get to them. Um, there's a, and there are people from Arizona as well. Someone asking, and I'll get to some of these. Isn't that blackmail? You know, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a look at that. I don't know if it is or it isn't, but my guess is this guy's in no position to allege that because then she would potentially release all the bad recordings and stuff. But maybe he doesn't care anymore. Maybe he thinks it would destroy his business. I don't know. But if I'm a U.S. senator and I hear this story and she gets elected, why would I work with her? I want her vote. I want her support. But why would I ever bring her into the inner circle? And if you are, let's play this out even more. This guy says these were selective, a selective recording, which means they talked about other things or maybe it was edited. I didn't hear him say that, but maybe it was. Do you now record all of your conversations with Kari Lake? So you make sure you have the complete thing. That's a trend, folks, in politics that I hadn't seen before. But you know how the media, the Nine News and others, when they record someone, when they, when they do the interview, they cut things out. Because they have a narrative that they want to tell, a story they want to tell. They want to get to their gotcha moment or their setup moment. And so they cut out a lot of the other contextual stuff. It's just how they've always done business, and they always will. And because of their political leanings, it tends to cost Republicans and conservatives. I know this. I talked to you about it yesterday with Kyle Clark's uh, tweet out there taking uh, quotes from our show. He omitted all the things where I said, hey, driving drunk is a... reckless and dangerous and like firing a gun up into an air you don't know where the bullet can come down but it would kill someone if it hit him that kind of thing no he cut all that stuff out and basically distilled down my discussion about character and what crimes are indicators of character to whether or not a dui was worse than shoplifting a candy bar see that's what they do so what we've seen now and this is smart is that candidates have someone usually a volunteer or some staffer come along and at every interaction with known media they'll record it they'll record the whole thing so that if the media tries to cut up what happens and post it they can then post the raw video or the contextual piece of that video and frankly that ought to be what happened when any candidate sits down with four seven nine thirty one it doesn't matter they ought to have someone there to record the actual interview in case it gets edited in a way that's misleading my point is now is Kari Lake in that position? Can you no longer trust her such that if you're another politician, a member of the leadership of the party, or even another U.S. senator, you now record every conversation with her just out of fear that she's going she's gonna to snip it out a little piece. She's going to Kyle Clark you. So you have to have the whole thing. I don't know. This is fascinating stuff. Three zero three six nine six. 1971 lots of texts coming in and i promise to get to those i'd love to have the conversation with you can you trust Kari lake anymore again this is aside from jeff dewitt dude was a hundred percent wrong a hundred percent wrong for trying to suggest that there were people out there that would give her money to keep her from running because in that in that living room he may have thought he was her friend but he was also the state party chair and i don't know how you take that hat off in that room like that but he did it he did it and he uh, he's paying the price for it. There may be more of a price to pay, but we're going to discuss the Kari Lake thing. Again, this has nothing to do with whether or not she should be a senator. Well, I guess a little bit. It has nothing to do with whether or not she's got the right conservative principles or she's Trump enough, none of that. It's just interesting to me. Could you trust her after this? And if you say yes, how do you know that? How do you know that? Three zero three six nine six nineteen seven one. Here's a guy you can always trust, Dan Kaplis. Uh Dan's a guy who's going to give it to you straight. 
there are a lot of attorneys out there who are chasing the personal injury cases that are around the metro area. They advertise on the billboards and the trains and the benches and all that other stuff like that. And they're chasing volume. And so they will tell you at the front end when they sign you up, oh, this sounds horrible. This case is worth a bomb. I'm going to drill down. And really what they're trying to do is to get you to sign up so they can quick roll into another uh, settlement, put some money in your hand, which will feel real good in the short term, and then they'll take their 33 to 40% cut, and then they move on to the next one. That's just not the model Dan has ever had. Uh Dan will sit down and talk with you about the case, and based on what you say, he will tell you, I don't think your case is worth very much. When you can find an attorney that's going to tell you all the bad about your case, that's the attorney that you hire, and Dan will do that. He'll say, yep, this is horrible what happened, but here's the problem. Or, And, and this was something, I can't remember if it was Dan or another attorney, a friend of mine, Phil, that told me this, but the better your life is after an accident, the lower the settlement and so you want to have a low settlement value thing because that means your life's pretty good. The more value to your case usually means your life is worse. And so in that situation, that righteous situation, when someone's negligence, recklessness, or whatever caused your injury, you pick up the phone and you call Dan and he and his partner, Bob or Wahid, and the other attorneys they have in the firm, and they got some. I can't remember how many they had. At one point it was huge, and then they ended up uh, focusing on some former prosecutor. I mean, they're really trial-minded here, justice-minded. Um, give them a call, 303-770-5551, 303-770-5551. Or you can check them out at dancaplislaw.com. That's caplislaw, dancaplislaw.com. When we come back, your calls, your many, many texts. And this topic right here is George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler back with you here, 710 KN. U.S. talking about Kari Lake, the revelations, at least from Jeff DeWitt, who resigned and on his way out the door threw some shade at Kari Lake, suggesting that uh, this recording was between friends and he, he'd actually employed her in her business, I presume for good money. And I think that that was a function of him trying to help out a friend, but also of a future candidate. He's the guy that offered up this on behalf of some unknown people in the East Coast, the potential for a lucrative job or something if she were to just simply delay running for the Senate and instead focus on the governor. I wonder if that would have been different, by the way, before we get to the phones. I wonder if he'd come out and said, hey, there are powers that be on the East Coast that would much rather see you as governor or there are people, there are forces, there are people in Arizona that just want to see you as governor. And so if you can just not run for the Senate and focus on governor, because by God, Arizona needs fixing. We've got to rescue Arizona. You're the only person that can do it. And these business, uh, these businessmen and women in Arizona, they want to give you a lucrative job for two years to float you while you run for governor. Doesn't that have a different feel to it? I mean, would that be looked at as an attempt to bribe her or buy her out of the Senate election? Or would we say, man, that's great. These people are, are motivated to see Kari Lake in a position of authority. That's what this guy's suggesting is that he wanted to see her run for governor. And part of that discussion was, hey, I got to get her out of the Senate race, and he says these things, and then he takes very little responsibility for it other than there are some things that I regret saying. That's just not enough. 303-696-1971, what do you think of this whole thing? And can, could you trust someone that records your conversations without your knowledge or your permission, especially after something like this? 
Uh, let's get right to the phone lines here. I had this thing up. Uh, here we go. Pete from Centennial. You're on 710 KNUS. Pete, what do you think? Hey, George. Hey, I'm only calling in because to have a conversation like this with you because um, you you really provide insight into Colorado politics and and personalities um, like just I'm just very grateful that you help us understand these things, especially with your skills as a prosecutor. But I've been a I've, I've been a supporter and uh, encourager of Kerry Lake and defender of Kerry Lake. But boy, if if what's going on here is true, she's a totally different personality than what I've been supporting. Why do you say that? What's the morally? thing in this story that caused? First off, by the way, thank you for the very generous words. Please call back every hour. Um, but but in addition to that, what's the thing about this story where you have now rethought Kari Lake? Well, I, I heard yesterday um, your presentation of it from what you had, and I was kind of dubious, but it didn't it didn't sound real and it didn't it didn't make sense like you you said that her her reaction actually equated to being performative and the more i thought about it and then then i thought about um his intonation of, and when he suggested the idea to her it it just sounded like if he's making a suggestion like that why does he sound so flippant and so yeah. so yeah. you know it, it just and and now I in in hearing, of course there are so many parts of this story that um, need to be filled in, like what was the job and what did it all entail, um, and how did he have her employed? But I get the impression now that um, she's she's a confidence builder, um, and she you know I mean who would want a friend or work with someone or associate with someone who um, is going to go in there and and create confidence with you and then f- feel you're, you're having just a frank, honest, candid conversation where you, you go so far as to, um, you know, begin to um, uh, uh, hypothesize about possibilities, which a lot of this could have been, and... Um, and then to have someone take and turn that on you um, when they kind of led you down that path to, to you know, uh, speculate in such a way. It, and then, you know, if she, if she truly did blackmail him, you know, with a phone call. I mean, I was shocked yesterday to hear the guy was uh, resigning and uh, um, hearing that she possibly um, suggested a blackmail that, hey <laughs> – you think that's bad? Remember that conversation we were having in such and such a time? I mean, how many times have you been? I mean, uh, heck, uh, um, the guy. What's who's your partner there? Who's not there today? Billy, Billy T. Jimmy, yeah. Just think of how, how he could blackmail you if he wanted to. <laughs> oh, listen, uh, I've I've only recently started thinking about that, and I realize, and, and because Billy's not going to be listening this morning because he's off, probably doing some other work related to snakes, I have now thought to myself, if Billy were to come to me and simply say, I need a check for X number of dollars, I'd have to start financing yeah. it because <laughs> there are conversations we've had that simply aren't for other ears, you know? 
That's sort of the point. But I don't think I don't think Billy has that morality. And if this is the morality of Carrie Lake, this is shocking. It's a, that it's fascinating, uh, Pete, because you have been, as you've said, a, a supporter of hers, and I wonder. I wonder if this changes other people's perceptions of her. The the other thing I'd ask you, especially in the context of what does she do if she gets elected, and she could be elected, um, if you had someone in your life, whether in business or personal life, that you discovered had been recording your conversations, how do you deal with them in the future? I mean, what, what do you do with them? Well, I, I, I think back on my past careers and personalities that um, – you know, you, you find that these people really dislike me, and these people um, really have no good good intent in their relationship with me. Yet, um, you know, there was a time when I was just bearing my soul and and uh, being frank and honest and and candid. But you know. So, so many, so much of our human interaction is just, you know, processing information. And if you can't even process information with people and find that they're going to take uh, that processing and turn it into a, into well, like Carrie Lake is a professional media person. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't even know she's this uh, this conniving and and uh, crooked, uh, which you know, it possibly could be. Yeah. It's interesting. Craig, I love the phone call. Thank you for the kind words. Yeah. Please call in again, man. Thanks for listening. Craig's line is open at 303-696-1971. Something that Craig said made me think about this as well. Is this the new norm? How about imagine our gong show of a general assembly there under the gold dome. Is this now the blueprint? No, not the one that turned Colorado blue, but you know what I'm talking about. Is this the blueprint for state legislators? Like, could isn't this the kind of thing you would expect from a Tim Hernandez? I mean, isn't this the this is a, isn't this an Elizabeth Epps kind of a move? And if you're now in the legislature, aren't you freaked out that all of these people who are ostensibly Democrats? I mean, that's what they call themselves, but they're from another wing of the party, maybe even in the Republican Party. Is this the new norm? You're now going to record surreptitiously all of these conversations you have with each other for future use for either to blackmail them into leaving a leadership position or doing something else. I mean, this is fascinating. What do you do with this? Because Arizona's a a one-party consent state. 303-696-1971 is our number. Nick, you're on 710. Nick, what do you think? Um, I think that you're... Uh friend Craig who just called, that called in his seat, and you ended the conversation calling him Craig three times. So I think that hey. was a setup. But that's not why I called. That's not why I called. Nick, um, Nick, hang on, hang on. There, there's a there's a caller after you named Craig, and it's if I if I called Pete Craig, that was a mistake on my part, just because I have these three names on the call sheet. But I don't know if that means it's a setup. But can you do us a favor? I'd love to hear what you're saying and accusing me of. Is there any way you could take us off speakerphone so we can all do that? Well, I drive a truck, and so I know it's hard to hear. So if it doesn't work for you, I understand that. I really do. But uh, well, so let's do our best. What do you got? I like how you started out your conversation blaming uh, DeWitt, and 
and recognizing him as, uh, you know, like a uh, as a criminal. And then you blame the victim. Then you spend the next uh, the rest of your show blaming the victim. Well, how is she a victim? Maybe, What's she a victim of, Nick? Uh, a guy that a guy that says, "Oh, very powerful people want you uh, want you out of the race." And by the way, we'll pay you handsomely just to step aside. And and he's the the leader of the Republican Party, supposed to be supporting her. And and you call that some sort of a frank conversation when he says, well, "Of course, please don't tell anybody I said these things." Because then we it would stop us from accomplishing our goals in the future. And you yeah, but Nick, okay. what is she a what is she a victim of? I, there was no I threat in you, there. You there. tell me. You tell me. You tell. I just told you. Now you tell me. What a great Republican leader of Arizona that she went to. Go ahead. No, I, I've never said that. In fact, I said the opposite. I said I think that his. Whatever his explanation was, I regret some of the things I say was wholly inadequate, and he owes us a lot more than that. In fact, he owes us to tell us who he was talking about uh, about the East Coast now that this thing has become the issue it's become. But that wasn't my question to you, man. You can't just declare Kari Lake is a victim if this turns out to be true, that if this was, hey, I've been recording all of these conversations surreptitiously to use for some other purpose down the road. And if you're looking for someone who got the threat in this situation, it was Jeff DeWitt. Now, Jeff DeWitt never threatened Kari Lake. What he did was inexcusable, and that is to suggest that there were powers that be that would give her money to not seek political office. I realize he's trying to say, hey, that was in the context of being a friend, but you can't do that when you're the state party chair, even if that state party chair is your friend. However, there was no threat. There was no, hey, if you don't get out, they're going to ruin you. They're going to destroy you. You know who used that language? Kari Lake. If you don't resign as state party chair now that I've held on to this recording for 10 months, we're going to release other recordings I made that you didn't know about. That is the threat. So, Nick, do you have an answer to any of that? And I wish she would release all of the audio that she has uh, that is apparently even worse. He's such a good Republican representative that he resigned the same day it was released. Yeah, I don't know if that has anything to do with him being a good Republican representative. I think the dude got caught with his hand in the cookie jar or his pants down or whatever other aphorism you want to use. But I think that's what happened. Yeah, for sure. I get it. But but I don't know why Kari Lake is a victim here. You don't want to talk about it, but you get it. Here's one. How about you? What do you mean I don't want to talk about it? Buddy, I, I talked about it. You even said I talked about it. What do you want me to do? Should the whole show be Jeff DeWitt's a horrible human being? Is that the talk radio piece you think that has some traction to it? What a horrible guy. What a bad guy. I'm glad he left the party. We did that part in a couple paragraphs. The bigger question now is the last person standing is the person that threatened him to get him to leave the race. And the question then is, could you ever trust her again? Okay. Uh, point, out, point out where I have two points. One is point out where she threatened him. I, can't, I couldn't hear that. Point out what, what part? The part where she said, where she said, either resign or I'm going to release all of these other recordings you don't know about, but try to remember some of the conversations that you thought were frank and candid and private. Those are the ones I'm going to release. That's the threat. Oh, no, that's just a friend being a friend. It's just like uh, 
like he was being a friend to her to buy her out of the race. You so think that's the same thing. Her. If well, you don't do this, I will do this. You think that's the same thing as, hey, man, there's people that want to get you out of this race by offering you a lucrative job. You feel like that's the same thing as a threat to do someone harm. So the, the leader of the Republican Party in Arizona comes to, uh, it almost sounds like it was in her house. I have no idea where it was at. Um, he said it was in her living room. Richard. Okay, yeah, okay. I didn't hear that part. I didn't even follow that. Right? Uh, uh, she eats a sandwich or something, and and uh, and he comes there to tell her that, oh, of course, I agree with you completely, but the powers that be in Washington, D.C., uh, write you out of the race because they can't put you in their pocket. And uh, she goes, oh, they want to be on my feet. No, they want you on their feet. And you don't play ball, Terry. Yeah. So, and, and then What's the threat? Say, the threat is from from the East Coast, which you brought up, and then you and then you gloss over and you you want to force blame Kerry Lake. You're the Hold on, I'm not blaming Car- I'm not blaming Carrie Lake for what Jeff Dewitt did. He's on the hook for that, man. I've never blamed her for what he did. I'm asking the obvious question, and that is, can you trust her again? And if so, why? Why can you trust her? Because we know she'd only record the conversations of bad things, or we'd she'd only record the conversations with her friend and employer and state party chair Jeff DeWitt. That's how I can trust her. Could you trust her again? Yeah, thanks for the question. Absolutely. Buddy, I can't hear you there. Nick? Nick, we'll put you on hold. We've got to cut away for a break anyway. If you come back, we'll, we'll continue the conversation. Craig, I want to get to you as well. We've got other callers on the line, 303-696-1971. I'm certain that there are those folks out there that are going to view this through an ideological prism and say, you're blaming Kari Lake. I love Kari Lake. She should be the vice president. She's awesome. And anything you say negative about her means that uh, that's not what this is about. This is a converse. It could have been anybody. It could have been Ted Cruz. It could have been MTG. It could have been Jim Jordan. It could have been Kevin McCarthy. It could have been Nancy Pelosi. Who cares, right? Like, she's the vehicle for this conversation because she's the one that did it. But the bigger question is, if you find out someone you're working with is recording all of your friends' conversations, do you trust them again? Can you work with them in the same way? Can you have a candid conversation with them? How do you treat someone you believe is recording you all the time? 303-696-1971 is our number. Can I tell you about uh, Mitch Floria? Oh, yeah. Mitch Floria is the guy that pretties up the interior of your house on such a cost-effective basis through upgrading the countertops in your bathroom, your kitchen, your laundry room, maybe that basement that you're looking to finish. Uh, You can look around and call around, and everybody has their own version of a deal, but nobody has the mark, (laughs) the craft, I almost said marksmanship, the craftsmanship and the quality of of countertop installation and products that Mitch Floria does. We could go all day about the backstory. In fact, I think we're supposed to have Mitch in the studio here. Maybe it's next week. I think we're getting Mitch in. I can't wait to talk to him again. But this is a guy who says, look, bottom line is I don't care who you are, you're going to get wholesale prices. Wow. But you tell them you're a George Show listener, you get the wholesale prices, plus they throw in the bathroom countertop for free with the kitchen countertop. So if you thought, I'm only going to be able to afford to do one room, nope, you're going to get to do two. But if you say, I only want to upgrade one room, he said, that's okay, then I'll throw in the sink for free. 
Check him out and his selection at theartofgranite.com, theartofgranite.com, or give him a call, 303-386-5919, 303-386-5919. You're listening to The George Show at 710 KNUS. George Brockler back with you here, 710 KNUS. Callers on the line, um, you can keep calling in. If you if you get the open line, great. If you get the busy, I'll keep telling you when they open up. Here's where we're at. We've got uh, Craig and John on the line. I promise I'll get to you guys, but it's not fair to give you 10 seconds on a phone call. Hang with us. We'll come back. We'll keep this topic going. Stick around. What to do about Kari Lake? Do you trust her anymore? George Brockler, 710 KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.